With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz. Tonight, we are previewing the West Virginia matchup. I actually have a guest from the Smoking Musket, which is the SB Nation site that covers West West Virginia. His name is Bart Keeler. He's, he's an editor over there. Um, we actually had a really good conversation about West Virginia, about the team and the game and all that fun stuff, and he actually um, had a lot of nice things to say about Kansas, which I was a little surprised about, but... Uh, before we get into that, though, just wanted to remind you guys to stick around after the interview. Uh, have some some show notes. We'll kind of go over what's happening in this this weekend for all of the Kansas Athletics, um, all that fun stuff. So let me get you right on over to Bart. And I'm joined now by Bart Keeler. He's an editor over at the, the Smoking Musket, which is the SB Nation site that covers the West Virginia Mountaineers. Bart, how how you doing tonight? Uh, you know, I gotta be honest. I'm a little anxious slash eager. Um... I, I live in Atlanta. I'm a Braves fan, and for the first time in five years, the Braves are back in the playoffs. So, uh, eagerly uh, anticipating that, also really nervous for it. So, uh, yeah, it's been yeah, a good actually, day. <laughs> actually, my wife is a Braves fan as well, so she's a little she's a little anxious for that as well. Although I, I don't think she cares so much about playoff baseball. <laughs> uh, I, well, as a kid growing up in Atlanta, I mean, I grew up in the '90s here in Atlanta, so I was spoiled with uh, you know 14 straight division titles. So, oh, so yeah. to be able to win another one was really special and we're glad to have it back. Yeah. 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 Actually I got to hear all about it. My, my wife was growing up in, uh, in South, uh, Southeastern Kansas. And I guess Atlanta was who was on all the time there. So yep. it's like Atlanta Braves and Dallas Cowboys. So she oh. watched both of those growing up with her grandma and became huge fans of both of those teams. So, but anyway, well, uh, so, so obviously we're here to talk about the KU West, West Virginia game coming up on Saturday. Um, we actually were, were talking before I hit record and you were talking about that this is the, the homecoming game for West Virginia, right? 
Yeah, this is our homecoming game. Uh, we have two kind of really big weeks up in Morgantown. Homecoming, obviously, is a huge one that celebrates the university. But then we have what we call Mountaineer Week, which happens later in the year. Uh, and both weeks just bring a lot of festivities to the campus. And um, I got to be honest, I don't think the crowd will be super into the actual game because usually homecoming week is more about being back with friends and family. So, uh, you know, it might be a late arriving crowd into Mountaineer Field on Saturday, but uh, do trust that we will be excited for the event. Yeah, I don't think you need to worry about needing the, the, the crowd help on the homecoming game, though, right? I mean, this is like the perfect opponent for homecoming, isn't it? Well, I mean, there's reasons you, you schedule certain opponents to be here, or certain weekends, I guess, to be your homecoming weekend. And, and I think right. when they looked at the schedule, this happened to be it. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Kansas worries me because they're, you know, an FBS school and they have pretty good talent at several positions. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know if anyone else here on uh, the side is nervous, but I'm nervous. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's fair to characterize them as an FBS school with a division two head coach. <laughs> but anyway. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. We have plenty of time to talk about all of that fun stuff. But anyway, so, so. I mean, obviously, Will Greer has kind of been the the name that everybody knows from West Virginia. Absolutely. He's a, he's a Heisman candidate. Uh, everyone expected him probably to be the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year coming into the year. Obviously, uh, you know, he, he's been living up to the hype, but who else on this offense does Kansas really need to get to know or expect to hear a lot from in this game? Well, there, there are two guys, and I think if you would have come coming into the season, obviously, Will Greer was the first name you would have heard of, and David Sills would have been the second one. He's a returning wide receiver, that guy who they always talk about being recruited by uh, Lane Kiffin at USC. But they kind of expected the the Greer and Sills combination to really hit it this year. And though Sills has been really impressive, uh, the two wide receivers that have been the most uh, effective and prolific have been Gary Jennings and Marcus Sims. And so Gary Jennings is a guy who, more than anything, is going to be able to catch balls that no one else can catch. Uh, he's not the tallest guy, but he's got great hands. He, he knows how to go up and find a ball. And he just seems to come away with some catches that are, are, are amazing. And he, he leads the team in uh, touchdown receptions. And then Marcus Sims, and I know you guys have a guy with, uh, with Sims' name. That he's just fast. Uh, he'll blow by you, and, and you won't even know what to do about it. And he's had uh, back to a couple weeks this year where he's just had insane amounts uh, of passing yards or excuse me receiving yards and and he's just really hard to defend if he can get one step on you yeah well well we we've seen i i'm assuming you guys are salivating then to to see this kansas secondary i mean they get burned deep consistently (laughs) so sounds like they're going to be some pretty big games from those guys coming up on saturday so all right. Well, um, what what about on the defensive end? Because I, I mean, oh man, a lot of what Kansas has had problems with this this year. Like the defenses play decently well, but the offense can't get anything going, and then it you know gets out of hand at the end of the game. It happened against Baylor. Um, the defense gave up a few, but the offense couldn't do anything to keep match. You know, Oklahoma State got out to a really hot start, um, and and the offense just couldn't couldn't keep pace. They they started to come back a little bit in the second half there, but. Um, defensively, like what is what does West Virginia look like? How 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 can Kansas actually attack this West Virginia defense and have any kind of success? Well, the book on West Virginia's defense, we run a three three five defense, which usually the book on that is you got to run at the defense because with three down linemen, 
Uh, they're not really able to stop the run as effectively as as needed. This year, though, though we've given up a couple of big runs and we've we've had some backs who are able to get you know decent yardage on us. For the most part, our our defensive line has done a great job of eating up space and taking away the run, which has allowed our linebackers to make incredible plays as well on in the run game. So. I would say that the way to still beat this defense is to run. Uh, um, you, you have to run at this defense because if you don't, what you're going to do is give the pass protection or the pass defense a good enough time to really disrupt in the backfield. And that's really what's been the hallmark of this West Virginia defense all season is, is making tackles and making plays in the backfield. Um, it, it's been fun to watch. I mean, shoot, the first game of the season – when we played Tennessee, they snapped the ball, and our new guy, Kenny Bigelow, transferred from Southern Cal. Uh, he was in the backfield before the quarterback could even hand off the ball to the running oh back, and it was, or, you know, before he could even get back there. It was so it was it was great. Um, but Bigelow Bigelow's been the difference. He came in. He and the the Stills kids. We've got two Stills. Uh, Darius Stills is good, and and they've they've really done a great job of eating up space, which is key when you have three down linemen. Um, what Tech was able to do really well, though, is force you, force us to have to cover in the pass game. And obviously, you know, after uh, Bowman got hurt, they were able to run a little bit better because that quarterback came in as a, as a running QB. Um, but even before then, the thing that scared me about Tech is they were able to get the ball out quickly. Um, so if you don't give if – you, if you force our pass defense to actually have to play in coverage – meaning either you get the ball out quickly or you have guys who can make plays. We're not as effective because we're only going to rush three or four. Um, it's just the nature of, of kind of the Big 12. Um, now, I will say, I don't know if Kansas gives me any cause for concern in the past game <laughs> why we can't bring five or six, but uh, the run game does scare me for Kansas. So if I were Kansas, I would try to get the ball out quickly to my skill players and run the ball at West Virginia. Yeah, so what you said I think is actually a, a going to be a big deal for Kansas. Um, you know, Carter Stanley started the game against Oklahoma State, and we actually saw a completely different offense, I think. Um, you know, they were getting the ball out quickly. He was making, you know, medium medium length throws instead of trying to throw everything downfield when they went to pass it. Um, it just seems like, you know, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what to expect out of this offense. What you're saying seems we to don't be, either. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> but what you're saying in, in terms of how to attack West Virginia seems to be what Kansas is theoretically good at. It's just a question of can yeah. they execute it well enough? Um, you know, we saw a lot of success for for Carter Stanley throwing, you know, medium slants to uh, to, to Stephen Sims really quickly. Through had had some deep throws to Booker. But all of that was set up by the fact that they got the ball out quickly. They had Puka Williams running to the outside. Um, the, the other thing I, I, I kind of wanted to ask you, you were talking about running a lot, but is that more running inside the tackles or running out to the edges? Well, I think, honestly, against this defense, you're, you're not going to have a great luck this year anyway. You're not going to have great luck at either. Um, if you can get – really what it is, if you can get past the defensive line, if you can get into the second level – uh, you're going to be successful. So it depends on whatever you can do to get yourself in that position. If it's those kind of stretch handoffs, is it a zone read? You know, one of those two things maybe works best. Honestly, 
if you're Puka Williams, I think like he scares me because he's a very quick, shifty guy. Right. So I don't really think it, I think for him though, it would make sense to try to get him on the outside and just hopefully he can run around our defensive line. But with that three three five, the issue there is you have guys who are free to make plays. It's kind of the pur- the purpose of having that kind of weird alignment is you have linebackers and defensive backs who are in unnatural positions to make plays. Right. But honestly, if I if I were Kansas, I would try I would try some of both because again, if you can just break one run through the middle of the defense, you know, between the tackles, you're gonna get five ten yards to carry. If you can break one to the outside and make one guy miss, then you're probably gonna get ten yards to carry as well. The the problem for teams this year has been trying to break through that first level of our defense. But if you can get past that first level, you're gonna have a lot of success. Yeah. So I think the I think that that about does it for the KU offense against the West Virginia defense. Because, I mean, you know, I, I think that there's some things that, that Kansas can do there offensively, um, but it's it's a question of whether they actually execute it or not. Switching over <laughs> I, to the other side, like, I'm not worried at all, uh, if okay. I was a West Virginia fan, about Will Greer be able to actually perform the way he's supposed to. I guess the real question is, what could the Kansas defense potentially do that might disrupt yeah. what they do offensively for West Virginia? Well, I, I, you know, that's – when I've scouted Kansas, it's been really tough because I, I got to be honest, you haven't played anyone worth note this year except for Oklahoma State. Um, I don't really count Baylor just because who knows what Baylor is. It's hard to gauge what they are. But, um, you know, when I've watched this team, it, it seems like Kansas has had a, done a good job of making teams work for their points. Um, and, and I know you said there's there's been some big plays, but it's, for the most part, it seems like they've been able to make teams – I don't know, and I don't really know how because it hasn't made any sense. But you've been able to hold teams to a relatively low scoring total, and that's well, and, and and really, what it is is that you know the only the only place that they're really susceptible is throwing over the top. Uh, it seems yeah. that our, our 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 secondary is still pretty young. The safeties tend to get a little bit out of position at times, or you know, if there's two guys coming down, they they tend to pick the wrong one. Um, you know, but but Corian Harris, the 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 four star defensive back uh, that, that that came to the Jayhawks this year, he is a true freshman, so he's kind of still a little bit out of position. I think the system that they're playing in is a little bit different to what he's used to. Uh, he's used to getting more safety help over the top. Um, yeah, he does he doesn't quite get that, and so we've actually seen him get burned about two or three times, not because you know the guys are just running faster than him, but it's because he's used to his assignment to be up a little bit higher and he's going to have help in the back, not realizing that those guys are occupied elsewhere. So. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the key for West Virginia. And, and Dana talked about this actually uh, in his press conference, Dana Holgerson. And I agree with him. It's like I said, Kansas has done a good job of at least making you work for your points. But the good thing about West Virginia this year is that we've been okay with being patient. We've had a couple of those two yard drives where it's or two play drives where you hand the ball off the first on first down and the second down is, Marcus Sims running past your defense over top. But we've also been okay with those 10, 12, 15 play drives. And so if I'm West Virginia, I think the secret is just be patient. Take what Kansas is going to give you and, and hope that, you know, their defense misses a tackle or blows an assignment, which, you know, I, I think is pretty likely to happen. Yeah, I mean, really, I think I think what it ends up, ends up needing to be is that West what West Virginia needs to constantly be looking for places to take shots, but don't force it. 
Because right. that's that's where Kansas has been successful is getting teams to feel like they have to start taking deep shots, and then they can set up and go, and and go after them, either you know disrupting the pass by getting into the backfield when he's trying to set up for a really long throw, um, or just reading a route and jumping it because he has to get it out a little quicker than he wants to. Um, you know, if 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 West Virginia can just grind yards here and there, but always be looking to take advantage of that long pass. Um, Kansas has a habit of kind of getting lured into the action up front yeah. and forgetting the guy that that's getting ready to run right by him. So, um, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't have any illusions that Kansas has a really a, a legitimate shot of winning this game, but if somehow Kansas were able to keep it close and, and, you know, make this a nail biter for you guys, how, how would that game look? Well, it wouldn't look good. I think it would require us to – and it would require our offense to turn the ball over a few times, to be honest. Uh, I think that's the key here for West Virginia, and it's something we've done a pretty good job of all season is um, percentage of offensive possessions with points. We're like at 60%. Uh, it was a little bit better before we decided to not play the second half against Texas Tech. But I think that's the key for Kansas is, is you have to force West Virginia to either turn the ball over or find a way to force field goals. Um, but, you know, Kansas has shown at least once this year that they're able to force multiple turnovers over, uh, from a team. And, and to be fair, Will Greer, for as good as he's been, he's had some problems with interceptions, um, especially especially because he loves to run around and try to make plays. He's got some Brett Favre in him which is really annoying sometimes, but uh, <laughs> it, it works out for the most part. It's just sometimes like you, you just want to yell, Will, throw the ball away. Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> uh, I, I catch myself yelling William at the TV a lot, but um, you know, it's just, just one of those things for Kansas that you have to take care of the ball on your end and, and at least just be efficient with your offensive possessions and, and force some turnovers from West Virginia. And, and honestly, the way you describe it and the way that Kansas, I, I do appreciate the way they play defense is because, you know, if, if you're going to bank on sure beat us over top, then you got to have a quarterback and a wide receiver combo who can do that. And I think West Virginia can, but you know, if you're trying to make them play the, uh, you know, throw the ball underneath and and run the ball, there's going to be times where you're going to get some plays and you're probably going to find yourself in a position to make an interception or, or recover a fumble. So if you're Kansas's defense, I think it's just be opportunistic and, don't be afraid to jump on a a, a little bit uh, out of place pass from Will Greer. Yeah, so I was going to ask if uh, if if there was any opportunity that, that West Virginia might overlook this game, um, but the fact that it's homecoming and then looking at the schedule coming up after this game, they go to Iowa State and then they have a bye week and then they go play at home again against Baylor. Yeah. So it's not like you know there's a huge matchup coming up next week that they have that they're looking ahead to or anything like that. Um, no. So I guess really, really the only thing I have left for you then is how do you think that this game is, is going to go? Yeah. I, I, so when that opening line came out, it was like 28, 29 points. I kind of laughed because I don't think Kansas is that bad. Um, and I don't think we're going to take, I don't think we're going to be that in control of the game just because I, I don't think from, from hearing Dana talk about things, now this could go either way, he said we're trying to get better and we're trying to work on something. So that could be either they're going to be very uh, persistent and trying to run the ball or throw the ball in a certain way, or we're going to do all uh, everything well and it will be really bad for Kansas. I, I don't think this will be a super uh, high-scoring affair. I would personally – I think the over might be 59, which I would take, but 
Um, I think this is going to be one of those 40 to 20 affairs where West Virginia can probably get out quick. And, you know, we might see a first quarter where West Virginia jumps up again, 21 to 7, 28 to 7. But I think eventually Kansas is just able to have that backdoor cover in the fourth quarter because human nature strikes again for the Mountaineers. <laughs> well, you know, last year, the the game between these two teams, again, Absolutely. it was it was a similar sort of idea is that, you know, they didn't think that they were going to uh, be that close. I, I think that West Virginia, if I remember right, was like a 27 point favorite for that game or something ridiculous yep. like that. Yeah. And, you know, Kansas all of a sudden had had Kill Herbert just completely go off on you guys. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, our run defense is a little better this year. But, uh, a little bit, Luka, yeah. <laughs> Luka scares me, even though he's named after a necklace. He does scare me. So, well, you know, it, and I think it, that's, that's, that's the thing is that, you know, there are a lot of good runners in the Big 12. Um, oh, yeah. But I don't think there's anybody that has quite that combination of, like, the, the, the speed that he has and the ability to kind of get around people. The other thing, too, is that, you know, there are some other good running back tandems, but I don't think that there is another – another team in the big 12 that has three different running backs that have three completely different styles that can be successful. Right. Uh, and so, you know, you, you have Puka Williams who is the speed guy who is really shifty and, and can make people miss. You've got Cleo Herbert who has some of that elusiveness, um, but isn't quite nearly as fast, but is really good at reading holes and, and, and getting where he needs to be. And then Dom Williams is as, as close to a bruising type back that they have. He's, he's actually run over a couple people this year. Um, would completely surprise me that he was able to do it, but has kind of been your traditional bruiser back. Um, if it weren't for injuries, Kansas would actually have a, have a fourth running back in Kalize Flomo. Um, he, he actually went down with an injury and he was expected to be that big bruising type fullback type runner. Um, I would have, I would have loved to see what they could have done with him at that point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so Kansas had definitely had some interesting weapons that they can use. The real question just is, how well can they actually execute? I, I mean, having seen the way that this team plays, I'm not really sure that they're going to execute very well. And and what you were talking about, Dana said, in terms of, you know, they have some things that they're going to work on. I really think the outcome of the game is going to depend on, well, the things that they're trying to work on, do they work really well? Or yeah. is it something that they are <laughs> struggling with? If yeah. it's something that works really well, I could see West Virginia running away, uh, away with this one, winning something like, you know, 61 to 17 or something ridiculous like that. Um, if they tend to struggle with it but are really committed to working on whatever they need because they need it for later, then, yeah, I mean, Kansas could sneak back into this one towards the end and, and only lose by 10 to 15 points. Um, I, I do think, though, that they're definitely going to lose by double digits. I mean, I, I just – I don't I don't think we're going to have quite the shootout that we had last year. Kansas defense is, is better than they were last year. West Virginia's defense is better. West Virginia has a much, much better offense. Um, yeah. But there's there's definitely enough intrigue there that we really could see pretty much anything. So, Yeah, I mean, Kansas, it, look, it, it, it's a little bit unfortunate that you did lose the first game of the season to, a, you know, a, an FCS team. This team has much improved from last year. And anyone who watches the team can, in my opinion, at least from what I've seen, they just look better. I'm not saying they're great. Right, but, right. It, it, they're improved, and, and clearly it's, it's helped, you know, get two wins under your belt. Um, I, and I agree with you. I think there's I think there's some cause for concern if you're a Mountaineer fan. I mean, you, you cannot take this game lightly whatsoever, and I don't think this team will because I know the coaching staff won't. Um, you've got some decent talent on offense. You've got some playmakers on defense that if you're not careful, if you're not focused, they're going to turn you over. They're going to make some plays on you. But I think ultimately the key for West Virginia here is 
I, what, at least what I think is going to happen is we're going to try to run the ball. Um, I think that's something that we actually kind of have struggled a bit, even though the numbers have been terrible. But if that doesn't work the way we want it to, then you will see a lot of, of passing and, and just really it'll be a, an air raid like we haven't seen before. And, and that's where Kansas would get into trouble. So if I'm a Kansas fan, I'm hoping that West Virginia is able to slightly run the ball somewhat effectively because that'll probably slow the game down a little bit more and, and keep the scoring to a, a slightly more controlled pace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that you're talking about there, though, is that, you know, Kansas actually is improved. Unfortunately, it's despite the coaching staff <laughs> because, I, yeah, because that coaching staff definitely has not improved at all. But <laughs> I don't know what to make of this coaching staff at Kansas um, other than it's bad. And, and it, I don't know if it's I mean, obviously, it starts with the guy up top. I mean, Beatty has been as he, he seems to have recruited decently. OK, at least better. But I just the product on the field hasn't really improved the way you need it to. Now, I thought they could maybe get to four wins this year, but losing to Baylor, you know, maybe not. But, you know, to be fair, I think Kansas State you might win that one this year. Right. Their um, their <laughs> their best four chances coming into the year were the first four games, and they lost right. they right. lost the one against Nickel State, um, which I know you were saying that it's unfortunate they lost that game, but honestly. For the, for the good of the program, it's probably a good thing they lost that game. Cause if they win those first three games playing as well as they did against Central Michigan and Rutgers. Absolutely. Um, there's talk about maybe Beatty surviving till next year, you know, if they can be competitive in, yeah. in half of the Big 12 games. Losing that one the way they did put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. And sure, the Absolutely. defense showed some good improvement the next couple weeks, but, um, then getting completely demolished at Baylor. Uh, you know, kind of got us back on the, oh, yeah, this is the team that lost to an FCS team. Yeah. And yeah. really, really, I think what it's come down to is that, you know, I think I think Kansas probably has one of the worst head coaches in all the Power Five in terms of game game management, um, timeout management. Yeah. Like any of that stuff. And so it's hard. It's hard to play well when your coach is constantly breaking your momentum, wasting timeouts for, you know, when, when you could be using them later, like it's really hard for any team for even a good team to overcome that kind of stuff. A team like Kansas that's still trying to learn how to be a good team has absolutely no chance to overcome that. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I think for Kansas, it is at least my rule of thumb for a college coach is you got to make a bowl game. Right. And, and obviously for Kansas, this was a rebuild when they hired Beatty and, and, and I think we all knew that, but I mean, look, you haven't made a bowl game and you haven't gotten close to one yet. You got, I mean, to me, that is the benchmark for any college football program. And Kansas, I'm sorry, you know, it's like you're an FBS school. You should be able to get to at least five, six wins a season just well, based on, you know, just by playing teams that aren't as good as you. Not even an FBS school, like a, a, a power five. School. Right, like right, right. You should yeah. be able to build a at least semi-respectable program no matter where you're coming from. Like – the the first year when they went 0-12, like, that was understandable. They literally had, you know, hardly anything to work with. He was literally starting from nothing. Um, right. But once you get to that third year, like, you need to start seeing some improvements in that third year. And now we're in the fourth year. Like, we should have been, you know, pretty close to – or at least expecting to, to compete for a bowl game. But coming into this year, I don't think anybody even expected them to, to really compete for that. So – all right. So, any any other final thoughts about this game, about the the coaching staff for either of these two teams? I mean, anything at all that you want to get off your chest now? Yeah, I just you know I will say this from a Mountaineer perspective. It's it's funny to kind of listen to the Kansas 
faithful talk about David Beatty when we have had conversations about firing Dana Holgerson because he hasn't won 10 games each year. And, you know, I personally have not had those conversations. I've had to have those conversations with other people because they expect this. Uh, and, and I just, it, I don't want to say it's refreshing, but it, it's nice to hear that like there's actually reasons to fire a coach, not just because he's not, you know, Dana's made a bowl game in all but like one, all but one season he's been here and he's been here eight, you know, seven years. Uh, he has won 10 games twice and we may do it again this year. Um, I will forever appreciate the evolution of Dana Holgerson from a guy who is a really good offensive play caller to a guy who has become a really good head coach. And I agree with you. I think ultimately that's why West Virginia will still look okay in this game is because you have a head coach and a coaching staff that are still determined to prepare the team and come up with a good game plan. And that's, that's so much more about, preparation you know the game is so much more about preparation and, and getting ready to play than it is actually playing it sometimes and that's something that Dana Holgerson has done really well and and I think you know what whoever Kansas hires next I think they need to stop focusing on recruiting you know and and all these other things that happen maybe on the field and you got to hire a guy who's actually going to teach kids how to get ready to play football week in and week out yeah, and to be fair to David Beatty, when he was brought in, like he wasn't expected to be some wizard on the offensive end or anything like no. that. He had one job was the scholarship situation when he came in was absolutely atrocious. He was expected to improve that and do the best that he could to try to get as many wins as possible. And if he did that, he was going to make a nice chunk of money. Yep. Was probably going to look pretty good. And hey, if he ha- if he managed to turn it around and, and get to a bowl game sometime in the first three, four years, then awesome. You know, he, he set himself up for a really good career. He's come in, he's had absolutely no success on the field other than a freak win against Texas. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm never going to forget that. Oh, exactly. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. It's, it's funny. There was, uh, there was something I'm trying to, oh, Twitter actually had put out uh, something that they had said, you know, you're, you're stuck on a deserted island and you have enough battery left on your cell phone to send one tweet. What is it? And of course, I saw at least three or four people say Kansas beat Texas in football. Like that yep. was their response to it. It's like that that is going to be a running meme for a very very long time. But beautiful. But yeah, so uh, I mean, you know, he the only thing he was expected to do was to get the scholarship situation better. He wasn't expected to fix everything. He wasn't expected to turn Kansas into a powerhouse or anything like that. Like his one job was to fix the scholarship situation. So that way. The next, you know, the next time Kansas is ready to start contending for something, they're ready to go for it. Um, the expectation was it would take three or four years to get, you know, back to into like the 75 scholarship range or something like that. We're right back where we started when he got hired. The way that he's been recruiting, he added a whole bunch of JUCO recruits. Um, so he didn't, he didn't do the one job that he really had. Like that was the very clear oh. job he was supposed to have. So he didn't do that. Um, so the fan base is understandably upset about what's going on. You know, I always thought it was funny, um, while ago back when, when Frank Solich got fired at Nebraska because he only won 10 games, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't competing for the national championship. It's like, man, I would kill for a guy that can only win 10 games. Like I would do everything (laughs) to have a guy like that. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about a lot of these coaches and they're like, well, they can, they can only go, you know. Uh, a, a bunch of the coaching candidates, you know, that like ended nine and three or, or 10 and two. And they're like, well, they're not going to go nine and three or 10 and two at Kansas. Like, well, I don't care if they do. I want them to go <laughs> five and seven or six and six. Like I'd be fine with that <laughs> until I we mean, can build yeah. something. So, 
it's uh, I, and it's understandably frustrating. I mean, I think, I think as you mentioned, there are, there are in t- there are things that don't have to actually do with playing football that a coach has to do, and I think some fans don't understand that, and some fans do. And and Kansas is one of those situations for me anyway. And like you described, it has nothing to do with actually playing the game of football. This is about everything that happens off the field, organizational structure and discipline, and, and, and just putting together a program that actually is competent. And, and it's been unfortunate because the Big 12 needs Kansas to be, you know, competitive in football, to be quite honest. You know, it, it's for the best. I, I, I live in SEC country, and damn it, it, it sucks when Vanderbilt actually has a, a decent season because then – all the other SEC fans are going to say, even Vandy's good. And I'm like, well, right. I had a good, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, we need Kansas to be decent. <laughs> yeah, Not yeah. too decent. We don't want them to beat us. <laughs> we want them to be decent. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and leave it there. Thanks, Bart, for, for joining me tonight. How can the people find you? Absolutely. Um, like you mentioned at the top, I'm, I'm an editor for SmokingMusket.com. You can find us on Twitter at Smoking Musket or on Facebook at Smoking Musket. You can find me on Twitter, Bartimus Crime 19 usually tweeting out things that may or may not do with sports. Most of the time it's food and sports related. Um, and, and, you know, I, I respond to most people. We respond to most people from the Smoking Musket. And, you know, basketball season's right around the corner, and I'll be on the podcast more for that as well. So you can find us um, at Smoking Musket and at West by Pod, Virginia. That's what we do our business. Sounds good. So, I mean, I, I know you probably don't want to see any more, but I'm, I'm all ready for basketball season and some more phenomenal Kansas comebacks against West Virginia in the closing minutes, right? I blacked out, so I don't remember any of that. Oh, exactly. <laughs> it, it never happened for any of you guys, right? I don't remember any of that. I, I remember us winning, and then I took a lot of shots, and, you know, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me. Uh, thank you very much. Glad right. to be here. <laughs> Bye. And that'll do it for our West Virginia preview. Uh, just a reminder to you guys, you can contact us on Twitter at RockChalkPod. Uh, our email address is RockChalkPodcast at gmail.com. And all of our, our all of our other coverage about the West Virginia game, we'll have a bunch of it up on the Rock Chalk Talk site. Um, you know, that's where I that's where I write. Obviously, for for the, for the for those of you guys that are new to the podcast, uh, you know, I'm I'm the managing editor over there. We have a lot of coverage there. A lot of the staff is usually on here uh, in and out throughout the year. So, um, But just a, re- a quick preview of what we have coming up this weekend for you guys. Um, obviously, the football team is not the only team that we have in action. The women's soccer team is taking on Kansas State at, at the K-State Soccer Complex in Manhattan. That is going to be Friday at 7 p.m. It is on ESPN3. Um, I believe it's also going to, or actually, no, that would be ESPN three, not the ESPN plus, um, that all the home games are on. So you actually should be able to watch that online without having to pay for the subscription. Don't quote me on that though. I may be wrong. Um, but there definitely are plenty of ways to go ahead and follow that. You, you can also listen to it on Jayhawk radio. I've done that multiple times. It's, it's actually really, um, easy to follow the action that way. They, they do a really good job on there. So the, the, uh, women's tennis team. They are a few of them are up at the ITA Women's All American Championships. That's been going on for quite a while now. Um, they will continue to go through that. The women's golf team is going to be in Littleton, Colorado, for the Ron Moore Intercollegiate. Intercollegiate uh, that is at Highlands Ranch Golf Course out in Colorado. It's hosted by the University of Denver. 
that will be all weekend long. Football, obviously, we have the game against West Virginia. That that's at West Virginia. But volleyball, the same the same day, just a couple of hours. So while the West Virginia game is still going, women's volleyball will be welcoming Baylor in to the to the Horsey Family Athletic Center in Lawrence. That will be on ESPN Plus. Will be called by by friend of the podcast Jill Dorsey Hall, and uh, and um, you know I definitely recommend if you're not watching the game for whatever reason, if the game is completely out of hand by that point, um, you know definitely suggest that you tune into that volleyball match. It's uh, really great to watch the team. They actually had a very thrilling victory against West Virginia during the week. Uh, they they got down two sets to none and came back for a five set win. So it was a, it was a really really good match for them. Um, also into next week may or may not happen before we get the next podcast episode out with the bye week coming up. I'm not really sure what our schedule is exactly going to look like yet. Um, but next Wednesday, um, again, in Lawrence, we actually have Texas coming, uh, you know, big 12 favorite Texas is, is coming into Horsey family athletic center in Lawrence. They will be there. Uh, it should be the first really, really big test for this Kansas team. If they can somehow steal that, that, that would be awesome for them this year. But um, but that'll do it for the wrap up and, and for the preview of what's coming up this weekend. Again, uh, you know, just if, if, if you guys want to get in touch with us, we definitely want your feedback. We want your questions. Uh, you know, again, on Twitter at RockChalkPod, email RockChalkPodcast at gmail.com. I'm always looking for new ideas, new people to bring on. If you have anybody specifically you want me to try to talk to, or if you want to come onto the podcast and talk about something specific, definitely let me know. I'm, I'm all about getting as many voices as we can on this podcast and give you all the information we can about all the teams here at Kansas. So, um, again, thank you for Bart to, to Bart for, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, we, we will have at least two episodes coming. Um, next week, I'm just not sure of the timing of them. We'll be wrapping up this West Virginia game, and then I am looking to do some sort of uh, self-scout or basketball preview. I'm not really sure which one we're going to do yet, but we will definitely have a couple different episodes next next week. So make sure you guys come back for that. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.